they can look at a 65-year-old that's competing here and do everything that that 65-year-old's doing now, right? But the question is, is are they gonna be able to do it when they're 65? Ladies and gentlemen, we are back at the Masters Fitness Championship. And uh, man, we are doing a podcast with Coach Chris Henshaw here at the MFC. And I'm gonna warn you guys right now, Coach loves talking about fitness. He loves talking about improvement. But being here at the, M at the Masters Fitness Championship, I'm gonna tell you, Coach is fired up. And what Coach is fired up about is how do we improve as masters? So, Coach, what have you? What is it that, that you have been taking in and seeing that has has just invigorated you with this right now? What I am most impressed by is is the level of fitness of the master athlete. I am I am blown away that this sport has evolved to this position. You know, when we talked what a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. when I first looked at the workouts and we're talking about each of them one by one, I read the first and I'm like that's a rough workout, but the next one was even worse. I mean, these athletes now are in the apex of the difficulty and they've got one really just rough workout coming up, but their motivation, they're fired up out there. Yeah. And that shows something, right? That, mm -hmm. that these crippling workouts that should devastate them, mm -hmm. yeah, it is damaging for sure, but it's not like they're done. They're looking forward to what's coming next. And as that confidence builds in this community, this is where greatness is gonna surface. And I always look at momentum, like whether it's momentum of an individual athlete, are you improving? Are you getting better? And what rate are you getting better? Or have you plateaued? What we see here is the master's athlete hasn't nearly plateaued. Yeah. The rate in which they're improving is much greater than where the individuals are. Yeah. And that's what's exciting about it. Where is it going to stop? Well, and earlier, you know, we were sitting at a table and you were talking, you were talking to Brian Friend. So by the way, so Chris Henshaw, Brian Friend, and Kyle Ship are sitting at a table. One of these three does not belong, by the way. I, it was the most intelligent conversation I've ever been in. And, <laughs> a lot and of numbers. <laughs> I, was, I was bringing down the, the, no, the overall weren't. intelligence greatly. No, um, bro, come on. But, but so you were talking about the fact that CrossFit has done this crazy thing where it's taken a level of fitness that people thought could never be achieved and has started to make it very accessible to people where you know if you were if you had slow twitch then you know you were you were never going to succeed in anything with fast twitch or yep. vice versa now what's happened is over the years of crossfit people are achieving levels of fitness that I, I'm not going to say people never thought possible, but at the very least, the common person never thought would be possible that you could do, um, you know, not maybe not world class marathon level things, but you could do, you could do well in long events as well as long in short explosive events. And so now it's funny because now we're almost adding a third level to that. We're creating this triangle now, where where now we're also talking about expanding fitness to unreal levels as you get older as That's well. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, no one, no one. Yeah, well, I, a lot of people here, I'm, gonna say, I'm not gonna use these people. These guys are incredible. I'm not gonna outperform a 26 year old. However, um, the fact that, that, that we are now becoming as this fit at these ages is unreal. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting, isn't it, that a, 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 a good, CrossFit athlete that is in their 20s or, or, or let's say early 30s, they could look at a 65-year-old that's competing here and do everything that that 65-year-old is doing now, right? Mm -hmm. 
But the question is, is are they going to be able to do it when they're 65? And I often think about these athletes here, the 60, 65-year-old athletes, and there are some very talented ones. Is, is, are, should we pay closer attention to them and what they're doing? And my point is, is like you look at, at Jeffrey Adler, the, the CrossFit Games champion. What he does is unrelatable. You're not ever going to be able to do those things. It's truly special. And so you can never wrap your head around it. It's just too extreme. But what you can wrap your head around is these master athletes that are here if you're younger than them. The question is, will you do the right things in order to have that level of fitness when you are 60, 65 years old? And that's what I feel is that these athletes, I wish they had a little bit better voice. You know, one of the things that we were talking about earlier was, I'm still a decent runner, right? I ran a couple of months ago, I ran a 542. And because of my genetics, right? And I mean, I'm never gonna be strong, and so I don't want people to think I'm bragging out there about it. The only thing I can do right now is I could ride real well, I could swim real well, and I could still run okay. When I was out and doing that mile for time, I did it on the rope and road. And what I was doing was at a 542 pace, picture the, the, the rate in which you're gobbling up the road. Mm -hmm. I was struggling with processing the rate in which the road was coming at me. And if there was some kind of an obstacle, like a, a rock or a, or, a, or a change in the terrain, maybe a little pothole where I couldn't process it and miss the hole. And I realized I've got to run if I'm going to do something fast. I have to either check where I'm going or I have to go to the track. Now, I'm 60 years old. I never was told that that's going to be a problem. What else are we going to encounter as we age that you don't know? And that's where I feel like as a master, the athletes that are competing here, just take the list of things that you should do and shouldn't do as you age. Like, at what point in time should you no longer do bar muscle-ups or ring muscle-ups? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. And that's the thing, because we've never been there. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think about those things, and, and it's nice that I've had a lot of very insightful conversations for my own benefit, mm -hmm. right? Like, like, what are the core movements as a 65 plus that is on your list? And what did you remove in the last five years? And that, to me, is, is, is a healthy conversation to have. Yeah. Right. Have you uh, have you noticed any trends with that? I mean, are, are you? No, because I just started thinking about it. You know, what's interesting is that you really don't start slowing down until like your late 50s. Like I, I've noticed a dramatic shift in just everything, just general level of fatigue. Mm -hmm. And I mean, let's face it, I got tired when I had my third kid and I've been tired ever since the age of 34. But <laughs> <laughs> but there's another level of fit fatigue that kicks in when you're you're cresting through your late 50s and and that's what's prompting it. And everybody confirms that out there. I wish I had that conversation earlier because you realize you want to maximize your level of health when you start slipping into that decline, when you start losing lean muscle mass, when you really start losing range of motion. And that's why this is such a cool event because you have everybody all in one place. Yeah. Yeah. So then how, I mean, I mean we talk about that. Um, how is it then <clears throat> as, as we 
get older? I, I, and I think this is, it's an interesting question to ask because we talk about getting older and improving at the same time, yeah. but yet we may not be talking about improving in the same way that we talk about it if we were talking, say, individual, you know, open athletes. That's right. Um, you know, because they're improving and it's like, okay, how am I going to get stronger? How am I going to, I, right. I guess with, with, with age group athletes, we do want to get, we do want to improve. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 40 next year in the open. You know, by the time I'm 45, I'd like to be better, but now that may not be compared to what I am right now. So how do we talk about improving? Yeah, so let's say that uh, we'll pick something like, um, well, let, let's pick running. Okay. Easy thing for everybody to picture. When you turn 40, from the age of 40 to the age of 70, mm -hmm. research has proven that your stride length gets cut by 50%. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's coming, on average. Well, and first off, let me just throw out there that, Coach, I'm 5'7 with short, stubby legs. Like, we're not giving me a lot of hope. <laughs> so I'm, I'm waiting you're, for I'm You're waiting gonna for be the running heel-toe, heel-toe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, Bernard. Go ahead, Coach. <laughs> so if you know that's coming, then what are you going to do about it? And are you going to wait? Or are you going to prepare yeah. to slow that down, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things, I mean, we'll, we can end up talking about too is aerobic capacity. Like, can you, can you reduce the rate that you lose things? But if we talk about stride length, first thing that you would want to think about is, is why does that occur? And the, the, it's really two main things. When we age, we atrophy, and what we lose is our fast twitch muscle fibers, our ability to generate speed and strength and power, force. Mm -hmm. We retain slow twitch, and so you can still do really well in, in aerobic-based slow twitch, long-distance efforts, long-time domains as you age. Maintaining that lean muscle mass is the challenge. Mm -hmm. So if you are in that age group of 40, recognize that you're losing lean muscle mass and it's happening. And, and if you don't do anything about it, you'll be another one of the statistics that says your stride length is now 50% of what it used to be. Yeah. And so what you're trying to do is maintain that by going into the gym and working on your one rep, three rep, five rep, you know, working on your strength mm -hmm. because that's gonna disappear. The other thing that happens is, is that you lose range of motion. You gotta maintain your mobility because as you age, you stiffen and unfortunately, that has impact in terms of your running stride length. And so, you know, you know what's funny is, it's like, I think about those things and yet I see, not that I'm a huge conspiracy guy, but maybe this, okay, so I'm gonna lay out my conspiracy for you. Oh, I love it. Hey, we've, this is, this podcast has taken on a whole new meaning. I love it. Where's my, where's my tin? I got, I got a hat to make. So why is it that, that, that runners in the running community, what they do is they're younger and they love running the 5k, 5k is, let's face it, a good distance. And then they start aging. And then what they do is that they end up losing range of motion, they end up losing stride length, and we've all seen it when old people run by, and I could say it because I'm 60, mm -hmm. they shuffle. Yeah, to shuffle. Right? They cannot generate flight, they don't have any flight time. Like if you think about when you, you run and you run fast, it's almost like when you position a cannonball for maximum distance. Mm -hmm. You don't aim that cannonball parallel to the ground, you aim it up to maximize distance, and that's what you do when you take flight when you run fast. Mm -hmm because you want to spend your time in the air, not on the ground. But unfortunately, as you age, because you lose that lean muscle mass, you're forced to more of a low to the ground cannon shot. 
and that turns into a shuffle. Why is it that running community says, that's okay, just do a 10K. And now what you've done is you've mitigated your lower shuffle and shorter stride length. And then when that starts getting worse, how do I keep competitive? Oh, you go longer. And so what it does is it pushes these athletes into these longer and longer, like ultras. Yeah. Why is it that they don't just say, go into the gym and just work on your power output? You want to know why? Why is that? Because when you run, you have to support your body weight. Mm -hmm. And there is a, there is, it's the truth. Mm -hmm. When you do a VO2 max test, it's measuring your aerobic capacity, your ability to bring in oxygen and utilize that oxygen as a fuel. When you do that test, they divide that test by your kilograms of body weight. Why? In the movement of running, you have to support your body weight. If you think about it in rowing, they don't do it that way because in rowing, they create a weight class. Yeah. There's heavyweight and lightweight mm -hmm. because on the rowing, your weight is supported by the object, but that doesn't occur when you run. And so when you test your VO2 max, your aerobic capacity, they always divide it by weight because you got to carry the weight. So when you look at these CrossFitters that you said earlier, you know, that are pushing the extremes in terms of endurance, mm -hmm. it's because their test scores, their VO2s, rival that of sub 210 marathon runners. Yeah. The reason why they're not running 210 is because they weigh 200 pounds, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So there is a belief that if I go into the gym and work on that strength, that one rep, three rep, five rep, that I'm gonna gain weight and that is going to interfere more than my atrophied muscles, yeah. which is my conspiracy. Why are they doing that? Now, not that, not that I have any proof, but it's like, get into the gym yeah. and clear that up. You are working on strength. We're not trying to bodybuild. Mm -hmm. We're trying to just maintain that lean muscle mass. Yeah. Those fast twitch, explosive fibers that can keep you shooting like that cannonball for maximum distance. Yeah. How's it that? Like it, 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 well, it sounds, it sounds a lot like, um, I honestly, I kind of honestly, a lot of what CrossFit has, has battled, and I know that's what we're talking about, but a lot of what CrossFit has battled is these maybe unfounded understandings of fitness. Yeah. You know, hey, so if you want to, if you want to lose weight, uh, eat salads. Yeah. Well, we know that that's not actually, right. you know, that, if you do lose weight, you're losing it in a, in a starvation type mm -hmm. method. Right. Um, and it's not the best, it's, it's not sustainable. It's not the best way to do it. It's, you know, I mean, you how many people have built businesses because of that now? But but yet, that has really developed alongside CrossFit. Um, and I know those businesses have existed otherwise, but maybe maybe they've been given more yeah right uh, more publicity because I think it's very similar with with this. I, I, just one of those like oh well you know because you can't run as fast because you can't generate as much speed just run longer to show off your right. fitness. It, it's always kind of always the you know the 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 easiest method of fitness. You know that that you know your your water and and Everything that is an obstacle to you is just something you flow around rather yep. than saying, okay, how is it I overcome this? That's right. Yeah. That's well, right. That's the same thing like this theory of specificity, mm -hmm. right? Or this interference effect. Mm -hmm. like, I mean, that's a good one. Interference effect. If you do too much running, it's going to interfere with your strength. Mm -hmm. I've never had an athlete ever that has gotten weaker. Mm -hmm. It's about moderation. And everybody that knows about interference effect one of the things it is, it's individualized. How much is too much for you? And the truth is, is that in CrossFit, we're never isolating and becoming a specialist. And so you're never doing that where it crosses over. Like for example, Adler runs twice a week. Mm -hmm. 
That's not enough to interfere with the strength. Yeah. And so CrossFit's proven that. It's the people that are on the extremes where these rules were formed. Like for example, here's an example. The golden rule in running, in terms of the number of steps you take per minute, okay. right, is 180. You wanna how that happened? How so? A guy, his name is Jack Daniels, mm -hmm. coach, mm -hmm. well-known. He was at the 84 Olympics. Mm -hmm. And what he found was by counting the steps of those longer distance runners, what was the average number of steps they were taking in the 1500, the 5000, the 10,000, the 3000 steeple? Mm -hmm. They were taking on average 180 steps and it became the golden rule. Mm -hmm. Is it necessarily the rule for somebody your size? Is it? And that's what's, these rules get established, but they're established primarily because of Olympians. Mm -hmm. And then it trickles down and we all think that that's what it should be for everyone. Yeah. One size fits all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so you, you talk about uh, um, the impact that, that Jack Daniels had on running. Jack Daniels has done uh, harm in, in multiple ways. Uh, um, I would say that, that Jack Daniels uh, has, has hindered my fitness as well, but in a vastly different way. Um, for any of those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, it's okay. We'll just uh, we'll enjoy the inside joke. Um, but so you talk about you, you talk about this with with specificity and with um, with Olympians. How interesting it is so so often that the rule of how fitness is applied is applied because of people in in specific situations in Olympians. Yeah. Um, you, you were talking earlier. I think you mentioned you mentioned about Adler and 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 earlier at our table. I I heard Froning um, thrown out in terms of the 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 vo2 max that they have rivals you said it earlier 210 uh marathon runners like and, yeah right like a guy in the, yeah. the the guy um in the 80s you know when i was really into my triathlons and, and I, I i was mesmerized when when like alberto salazar mm -hmm. ran in new york and you know, he ran so hard that he was hypothermic and like what he did to himself, the mm -hmm. damage, and it, it was amazing to me. But Alberto Salazar didn't have the world record at that time. Mm -hmm. A guy by the name of Derek Clayton did. Mm -hmm. And Derek Clayton has a VO2 max of around 68 milliliters per kilogram of body weight per minute. Mm -hmm. Well, Rich Fronings was 72 and Jeffrey Adler, I've tested him now. We've tested six different movements and we've retested running twice mm -hmm. and he's well above yeah. Rich Froning. And so what's interesting is that, and I love this, you, gotta, you, you really have to thank Glassman for creating this sport because Adler, with his size, will never be running sub 210. Yeah. Right? He will never. Mm -hmm. But what Glassman did is he showcased that here's a guy that can run sub 17 minutes for a 5K mm -hmm. because of his size, right? Mm -hmm. And look at the strength and the numbers he could put over his oh, head. Wow. Right, right. And that's what's magical is that you are pushing these mutually exclusive extremes, mm -hmm. right? Endurance will never be confused with speed, mm -hmm. right? Like myself, I am not Usain Bolt and Usain Bolt will never be me. Mm -hmm. But you know who can Coach, get- Coach, no one will ever be you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, we're done. All right. <laughs> I proved my point. <laughs> But it's amazing that you take some of these CrossFit athletes, even here, they're pushing the extremes of strength and they're pushing the extremes of endurance. And that is awesome. I mean, if anybody wants to know who's gonna survive the apocalypse, it's not me, right? And it's not you. Nope. 
you're going to get about 150 meters down the road. Yeah, yep. you can hunt with your and kill with your hands, mm -hmm. but you're not going to survive long. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to fight and do the things that are high force, high power requirements. Mm -hmm. It's the people that sit in the middle, the people with a better balance, a better ratio between their fast twitch, mm -hmm. speed strength fibers, and their endurance stamina yeah. fibers. Well, and, and, and so, we, I mean, we see it here. I mean, you, you, you talk about, now, obviously, it was scaled down throughout the age groups. I mean, yeah. but if you start at the 30 to 34 and 35, I think even all the way up to the 45s, I mean, you talk about the first workout yesterday with landscaping duty with, you know, 400 yards of shuttle running with burpees in the middle. Um, so, you know, we say 400 yards, and like, oh, that's 400 yards, like, it's no big deal. But, like, imagine if, if every 50 yards, you run 400 yards, every 50 yards you had to drop down and do two burpees and then get up and run again. Yeah. I mean, it'd be ridiculous. Yep. Then you throw in a 200-pound sandbag on top of that. I mean, it's just, to think about the, the strength, the stabilization that's required for that, and then that is in the midst of all of that running. It's exactly what we're talking right. about here. I mean, it's, no, it's not flat out open road running, but, but just the, the usability. Yep. And, and I would like to say, I, I am not hurt um, by your comment about uh, the apocalypse. I will say when the zombie apocalypse happens, they're gonna go for me first because you know, fat is what adds flavor. <laughs> and so with the amount of muscle that I have, one, I'm a good meal, two, I'm very tasty. Um, so, so, you know, zombie apocalypse, I got big problems, so I could use a little bit of help. But with that, uh, I mean, hey, you know, coach, I could sit here and talk to you all day long, but I know, uh, um, and we're going to get back inside. Ladies yep. and gentlemen, then uh, you guys, y'all know him, Coach Henshaw, he's got all the knowledge in the world and supports the Masters athletes and the Masters community in ways that I'm not even sure we all fully understand. Um, but stick around, make sure you're following our social medias, make sure you're, you're coming back to the podcast. We're going to have Brian Friend and Coach Henshaw with us all weekend long. They're going to be showing up on socials. They're going to be showing up on our podcast. They're going to be showing up in our wrap-up shows. So, ladies and gentlemen, man, we're having an incredible, exciting weekend. Make sure that you're tuning in. And, Coach, thank you so much for joining. Appreciate it.